Oh, so evil. It's getting evil up in this. Welcome to the Villainous Podcast, where we face off in a bracket-style debate to find out who will be the most villainous of them all. Uh, Today is a very special episode for me uh, because of my two special guests that I have for this very first testy episode of the Villainous Podcast. Uh, First of all, defending the king of the underworld, and please keep in mind, she wrote this intro herself, the blue-haired bitch herself. Self, Gigi. Gigi, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Ba-boom. Name's Hades. How you doing? <laughs> Excellent. I'm very excited. Uh, so would you be able to tell our listeners, since this is an audio medium, that fun thing that you and, and the Lord of the Underworld have in common? Well, I was him for Halloween this year because clearly I look just like him. Mm-hmm. And my hair was flamboyantly beautiful. And, and what blue. color is your hair currently? It is blue. It's bright blue, yes. So you and 80s are practically twins. I love that for you. I love that you're here uh, defending him today. And uh, facing off against her, uh, defending Cruella DeVille, the very fashionable herself, Mama G, mother to both Gigi and myself, this is Nadine Garamoni. Nadine, thank you for being here today. Glad to be here, Alex. Thanks for having me. And I do not have blue hair. However, <laughs> if if I didn't visit my friendly salon, I would have the black and white do of Cruella DeVille. There we go. She does have a point there. Uh, we could get you going with a little half and half. The only problem is you don't quite control where your grays grow in, huh, old timer? <laughs> Uh, Excellent. Well, ladies, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you here today. Here's how it's going to work. We're going to go through our villainous rubric of evil, talking through the design, the power, the hench people, the goal, and a face-to-face battle of the villains and determine who would be the victor here. Victor moves on to the next round of debate. Uh, Ladies, are you ready to jump into this? Ready as I'll ever be. Excellent. Uh, So let's start by talking a little bit about the design of these characters. Talk to me a little bit, Gigi. What did you like about Hades aesthetically? What what works about his design? Well, first off, his outfit looks comfortable as hell. Um, He's nice and flowy. He's got a toga. He could do some squats. You know, it's very breathable fabric, uh, which is helpful because his hair is on fire. And so, like, he needs a little draft in order to cool himself down, you know? Right, Um, right. But anytime that my friend Hades gets angry, his hair lights up red and orange and just blasts everywhere. There's a scene where his anger straight up takes out a bunch of trees, almost takes off Meg's head. So he uh, can change colors. Can Cruella DeVille do that? No. Um, (laughs) Also, he just looks comfortable all the time. What... I mean, you got to have comfortable clothes if you want to do some villainous acts, you know? That is true. Talk to me a little bit. I love the way that Disney set the ancient Greece and sort of did their own kind of modern takes on that in terms of the the outfits and the aesthetic of the of the film itself. Um, do you think that it really serves him to be in that little gray toga? Do you think that pushes the character further? Does it make us fear him? Does it make him more villainous? Well, if you look at all the other characters, they're all super bright. I mean, Aphrodite is straight up glowing pink in this Hercules movie. 
uh, everything is super bright colors, super, you know, neon. And then it gets to Hades, who is completely dark. And if you look at the scene in the underworld, there's not a single pleasant color there. It's all dark, gloomy, gray, blue, the typical evil villain aesthetic. And Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, let's bounce over to Miss Cruella DeVille herself. Mom, what do you have to say? Talk to me about Cruella's look. I will tell you, there's no better aesthetic than Cruella DeVille. <laughs> that black and white scheme with the deep red of the inside of her cape and the red of her beautiful vehicle. I mean, the black, white, and red, you cannot go wrong. And let me add that... Hercules was a one and done. So Dalmatians went on to scores of repeats, 101 Dalmatians, 102 Dalmatians. And even Hercules had its own show on the Disney <laughs> Channel, okay? And it was terrible, oh, my but friend. he had one, okay? As did 101 Dalmatians, the series. Cruella DeVille even appears in Once Upon a Time. So let's just say the longevity of the aesthetic of that cool, slick, black and white with a little touch of red, weaves itself through all of Cruella DeVille's original 1961 Disney-inspired uh, villains, all the way through to even a musical Cruella DeVille stars in. That's true. I, I, I personally, listen, I've never had the urge to pick up a cigarette, but when she walks in with that waving cigarette wand, that is a moment for me. <laughs> she just exudes this wealthy, fashion-forward, fashion-obsessed uh, heiress look to her. And, and, and it's complete with that long-handled cigarette. I love it. All right, I'm ready to give you your grades on design. Let's see. Hades, I love what you talked about with that flame hair, but I think that... Uh, Honestly, he his little like swirly little butt chin kind of unsettles me in a way. So Isn't I think I'm gonna give him for a villain though. Listen, I'm gonna give him unsettling. a seven out of ten. I'm gonna give him a solid seven out of ten. But the fact that mom brought up that car, that beautiful red and the black and white, this woman freaks me out in the best way. She's some weird skeleton bone lady. So we're gonna give her a nine out of ten. I'm a big fan of her design. Nine out of ten for that. Um, next, I want to talk about powers. Let's talk about abilities. Talk to me. So this is an interesting take because Cruella DeVille does not actually have any superpowers. Mm -hmm. Her powers lie in the use of her scheming, her manipulation. Uh, her, she acts purely on impulse uh, instead of any kind of super bag of tricks she has to have up her sleeve. So her evil is actually pure. There is no subsidizing uh, her evil when it comes to uh, what she's capable of manipulating, manipulating people into doing. Excellent. Uh, Hades, what do you think? You want to talk about manipulation, Hades straight up <laughs> owns Meg. And he has so many powers, it's unbelievable. One, he has the fates on his side and the fates see the past, present and future. So he's got that access Two, he can fly. If you look at that scene where he's in the 
uh, arena with Hercules and convinces Hercules to give up his powers for just one day. He's flying all around and he's doing, you know, the barbells, but in the air so he can fly. He can extend his arms out like Mrs. Incredible and bring people closer, but with like a cloud of gray smoke, his hair is on fire. He has henchmen who can shapeshift for him. Uh, he just has the total package of power and he releases the Titans, which are the most powerful creatures in the universe in which that movie is set. Uh, and Cruella DeVille, all she does is, you know, manipulate two stupid guys. Whereas Hades <laughs> straight up almost takes over the entire world. So if we're going to compare power, I think Hades clearly, clearly takes the cake. <laughs> Cruella DeVille, you got a rebuttal on that one? Well, the only pushback I have is how far can Cruella DeVille go with just her limited amount of power? Exactly. Hades has so many powers. Exactly. I think Cruella gets about as much done as Hades does. And by the way, does Hades have a theme song? <laughs> she uh, does yes. have a point. Does Hades have oh, a the theme? Gospel truth number two. He ran the underworld. You know, that he part. got you there. May I remind you, Cruella Deville, Cruella Deville. Let's turn into a singing. If she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. Honestly, I love it. <laughs> that was okay. That was beautiful. Does he have a woman, a strong black woman, belting from her soul? He ran the underworld. You're like, yes! Oh, it gives you satisfaction. I feel the need to remind you guys that uh, there is not a musical component to the scoring mechanisms for this, but you're strongly making me consider adding that because <laughs> I really feel that that really, really seems to add uh, to your performance. Nevertheless, I'm ready to give uh, my judgment on the powers. Uh, honestly, when, going into this, Cruella Deville, I was I was very firmly in the. This is going to be a very low score for her because she really doesn't have much to speak of in way of power, but she does use you know her money and her apparent wealth to make things happen to influence those around her. So I do think that's that that says something, you know, eat the rich, got to do what you got to do. I'm still only going to give her a six out of 10 for that one though. Cause I, I would prefer a little bit of magic in her. Um, I like, uh, I like what you're talking about, miss <laughs> defender of Hades. I think I'm picking up what you're putting down in that his power is very varied and also, he's a god. That one's pretty hard to get past, huh? So we're going to give Hades uh, for the power section. I think he gets a 9 out of 10 on that one. He really does really seem to a have nine? it together. A 9. I'll give you a 9. Listen, I said what I said. I'm the be-all, end-all. As far as you're concerned, I'm your god. Not Zeus, not Hades, no one else. Um, excellent. That brings us to our next point. Let's talk about hench people, which I, I love the symmetry between the hench people of these two characters. So mom, why don't you talk us through Cruella DeVille's hench people? Well, we have a couple bumbling henchmen, Jasper <laughs> uh, and Horace, which names, you know, I probably should have considered for uh, my children because those are great names. Thank uh, God two bumbling, <laughs> two 
bumbling henchman trying to do Corella Deville's bidding. And uh, she argues with them, they argue back and, and really go round and round. At one point, Corella Deville wants them to skin the puppies for her coats. Uh, and she does make a very impelling argument by throwing an entire bottle of wine into the fireplace and the fire just roars up and makes Cruella look even more evil. But at the time uh, the two bumbling henchmen are left on their own, Horace and Jasper start arguing who's going to skin them, who's going to kill them. And while they're arguing, every single one of the puppies gets away. Uh, at one point, they go out through the town looking for them. And, you know, this is London, set in 1961. And Jasper responds with something that I find maybe a little saucy for the time. Oh, Not so much as one blooming footprint. And we've been up and down every blinking road in the old county. Whoa, that come on. That a little like some swear words, if you Holy ask me. cow. So. Come on, lady. I don't want to put the explicit warning on this podcast. Well, Jasper and Horace go on uh, to track down these puppies. And in the meantime, they get things kind of messed up. Coelle DeVille gets in the way of them in their van, her and her luxurious car. Mm. They end up down a snowy road, crashing, of course. Right. coming to the end of their search for these puppies. So as far as henchmen, they do not uh, do a good job as far as doing the bidding for Corella DeVille. Are they convenient or are they maybe just a solid joke? I'm not sure. That's fair. All right. Let's hear about uh, your hench people there, Miss Hades. Well, Hades has two very loyal hench people, uh, Pain and Panic which add extreme comedic relief to the movie. But uh, Hades' hench people expands further than just pain and panic in that he enlists uh, Meg because she sold his soul to him. So she's technically a hench person. And she is, in better words for another Greek uh, comparison, she is Hercules' Achilles heel. (laughs) Ha ha ha. (laughs) But... She uh, convinces Hercules to, you know, do a lot of the things that Hades wants him to do. And she's the reason that Hercules gives up his strength for a day, which allows Hades to enlist the help of the Titans. And so that is a very useful hench person. Uh, Hades also has the fates at his disposal, who can see the past, the present, and the future. And so he has that power right there. He foresees the prophecy 18 years in advance and is allowed time to plan for that. Uh, But pain and panic are probably the reason that Hades' plan didn't fully work out because they didn't give the very last drop to a baby Hercules, although they did turn him mortal. And so that allowed Hades to uh, do a lot of his evilness. That is true. I do want to push back on you, though. Uh, Meg is not loyal. Oh, no, she's not at all, but she is a hench person. That is true. Uh, As Hades says himself, I own you. Gosh, I'm just trying to get over the fact that we actually had two characters debate over who gets to murder the puppies, like a hundred puppies. That's so many puppies. And then I'm like trying to compare that with how I'd feel about murdering like one baby or like a hundred and one puppies, you know? Now realize this, this debate went back and forth to the point where, you know, 99 puppies got out of their 
care. So that must have been a long argument. It's a long person. Okay, but here's the thing about uh, the hench people for Cruella DeVille is they didn't even come close to murdering the puppies. <laughs> Pain and Panic came real close to murdering a baby. Okay, <laughs> like one drop away. They were trying to murder. They gave them a pacifier to try to murder the baby. Yeah. Like they did all that they could to murder this baby. It's a really fun family podcast. I'm glad that we're all here today. And with that, I'm ready to make my rulings. Uh, Cruella's hench people want to kill a bunch of dogs, and they also almost do a swear. They almost do some cussing, which I feel like, ooh, what a bad, naughty little bunch of boys. Um, but they really are just dumb and dumber. So I think I can only give them a 5 out of 10. They're really not the sharpest tools in the shed but they certainly are tools uh <laughs> and regarding <laughs> pain and panic uh gosh pain panic and meg it's it's hard because they're not loyal to him necessarily and also pain and panic and they're lo- i just in my brain i'm just seeing the part where they turn into like grubs and they're like we are worms and i'm just not afraid of that but the shape shifting is very good uh I think I'm going to give them a six out of 10 because I, you know, I, I don't agree necessarily that the fates are on Haiti's side. Uh, but I think that that, that sounds like a fair assessment. Let's talk goal. Let's talk about the goals of your villains and see which one really is the more villainous pursuit. Is it truly evil what they're doing or are they just trying to make things right? You know what I mean? So who would like to talk to me first about their villains goal the end game sure hit me with it mom i'll hop right in uh the reason why cruella chose puppies to make her fur coats is because in the short-haired breed dogs as they grow older their hair becomes more coarse and so that won't sell so well in the fur industry so she she is well thought out on her fur of choice so that's why she needs the puppies now, you might not know this, but 84 of those puppies were obtained legally. So the last 15 were the ones that she tried to get from uh, Anita and hard, hard to get when they don't like who they're selling it to. So I think if Cruella perhaps had just gone with the 84 puppies and made maybe like a, you know, a, just a half length coat, <laughs> did she really have to go for the full length with the last 15 puppies? That was her downfall. Right. So her end game was definitely to be high fashion, uh, to look like the heiress that she is, and to have a beautiful, soft, puppy fur coat. Did she succeed? She did that. And she's like all about the fur, right? Like everything in her house and all these things, she's all about the animal cruelty, huh? She would not be PETA's best friend, but <laughs> she would live in soft luxuriousness 24-7. Okay, so I guess question for you, how evil do you think wanting to make a coat out of puppies are? Well, I can't really argue that making a coat out of puppies wouldn't be downy soft. Have you been able to walk by a puppy and not pet it? I mean, come on. Oh my gosh. But would I, right, I would not condone her actions, but she is the villain and not I. And so for her, her one, her one pursuit 
is to get this beautiful fur coat uh, made of puppies. And Dalmatian, because she's just in love with black and white. That's true. She does. I love the commitment to the aesthetic. Talk to me about Haiti's goal there, Gigi. Let's talk a little bit about what he wants. All right. So Corella wants to make a coat. Mm-hmm. And that uh, Hades wants world dominance. So <laughs> if I had to judge the two based on which one is more evil and will affect more people, I'm going to go with the world dominance. Uh, I think that Hades is 100% evil. He tries to murder his older brother with the power of four titans. Uh, he tries to murder a baby. Um, he allows Meg to die and then tries to kill Hercules again by trying to go and get Meg in a pit of souls. Uh, but yeah, Hades' main goal in his takeover is, you know, rule over everything and everyone. And then he chains up all the gods. That was pretty bad. Yeah, he just wanted to hurt everyone and take over yeah there was no one he was safe what do you think would have happened for like humans because now that i'm running it through my brain like he really did just like fork it up big time for the gods but not necessarily with the humanity like would we just be straight chilling I think that Hades' main goal was, since he already owned the dead, he wanted to own the living as well. Um, I'm sure he would have just become ruler of all, let them know that he was a god and he was there and he was in charge of them. I think Hades ruled by fear instead of love. And so he would have let them know that he was there and he would have made them afraid of him. Interesting. Which makes him even more villainous. Yeah. All right, I'm ready to make my call here. Uh, Cruella DeVille wanting to murder 100 puppies or 99 puppies, that seems excessive. That's like pretty awful, if I had to say on a scale of one to awful, pretty awful. Uh, So I think that I'm going to give her a solid 7 out of 10 because that's pretty bad. But destroying the entire planetary, like planet and the system and like destroying the entire usurping the gods in charge and like all of that's like pretty bad boy stuff honestly i think world domination really has got to be if that's not a 10 out of 10 i don't know what is so we're gonna give it up for him all right and finally this takes us to our final round of debate here folks is we drop into an arena we cut everything else away we drop in cruella deville and we drop in hades cruella deville can have her coop because I love it. And uh, <laughs> Hades can have his big throne because I also love it. What's what's happening if they face off head to head? What's going to what's going down? I think sure to begin with, Corella. Yeah, Corella might have to have a, uh, a little spray, fireproof spray on her beautiful fur coat. <laughs> I think one little touch of Hades hair and it would just set that coat on fire. That is so I'm true. Come, can I come into this battle? Can I come into this battle with a fire retardant on my her coat. I'll allow. I'll allow it. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So you're, you're okay. Coming you in. can give. Uh, you can give Corella a uh, straight up Glock, or a machete, or something. I don't care. She can go into that arena with whatever. Hades is still not going to lose. There's a scene in Hercules where Hercules tries to tackle Hades, goes right through him. 
So Hades can just let someone pass through him like a ghost because he is a god. There's nothing Cruella can do that'll kill him. Hey, I have another concept here. Maybe Cruella and Hades become friends because Cruella's uh, English <laughs> cottage home. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> the premise? Uh, Cruella's cottage home is called Hell Hall. Just oh. so you know. So maybe she invites, uh, you know, Hades over for a little time at the Hell Hall and they become friends. Or maybe the fates hold up that beautiful string of Cruella DeVille and Hades goes in a little snip snip. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, I'm trying to think of, of what she could do. Like, maybe she could scare him to death because she's got that scene where she's driving and her eyes and her hair are all wild and she's like the scariest thing I've ever seen. Cruella but does Hades. have a little bit of a power of persuasion, though, with her, you know, hope couture. And she just looks like someone who can talk you into something. Well, Hades is their sarcastic king. The thing is, you can't talk him into anything because he is the king of sarcasm. So he'll just take whatever you say, make a joke out of it, dish it right back. She's got a point there. She really does have a point there. Um... I gotta, I gotta really, we gotta be honest with ourselves. Listen, as much as I wish, as much as I want them to become friends in hell, <laughs> I gotta give it up to Hades. He would clearly smite her in a face off. Uh, absolutely. Just destroy her. <laughs> uh, ladies, thank you so much. This brings us to the end. I'm tabulating my totals as we speak of the scoring from my rubric and uh yep it's all clear now we've got one winner emerging from the dust of the battlefield in this deep down arena the winner is hades lord of the underworld it's hard to beat it it's hard to beat it uh james woods is uh so happy right now I wish he wasn't. He's a bad person, but dang, his character's pretty good. Uh, well fought, though, ladies. Well fought. And uh, honestly, it was very interesting to hear some of the thoughts and, and opinions brought up that I didn't necessarily think about myself. Um, so that means that Gigi will get to see you again in another face-off down the road here. Uh, thank you for debating so strongly today for your guy uh and to our audience thank you so much for tuning in thank you mom and Gigi. any final thoughts you want to share with our uh lovely friends and fans oh they're gonna sing you out oh she's got songs oh also hades has a three-headed dog like oh yeah why didn't we bring up cerberus earlier you know what? Cruella could have turned that Cerberus into a coat. I'll say it. Uh, <laughs> and with that, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, thank you to Party Fish Media for having our show. Uh, thank you to Christopher Bjarke for composing the intro and outro music. You can find him on SoundCloud. His stuff slaps. Thank you to Gigi and Nadine for being on the show today. Uh, really appreciate it. If you like it, go ahead and uh, keep listening. We'll be bracketing it down until we figure out who is the most evil and the most vile of them all. Um, So without further ado, until next time, keep it vile, keep it dastardly, and most importantly, come back next time to find out who will be the most fiendish of them all. Thanks for listening. Bye!
Party Fish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliot Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.